Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Chicago's making moves to provide housing for hundreds of migrant families. The city's poised to buy a vacant Marine Corps building and convert that into a shelter. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Finding space to house the thousands of migrants and asylum seekers that arrived here in the past year has been tough. Shelters need to have heating and A.C., showers, places to eat, and enough areas for families as well as separate quarters for men and women. So not just any building will do. And building a new structure, well, that's expensive. To learn more, we'll talk to Tessa Weinberg, WBEZ city government and politics reporter, and WBEZ city hall reporter Mariah Wolfel. All right, Tessa, the Committee on Housing and Real Estate gave initial approval for the city to buy that old marine training facility and turn it into a shelter for migrants. Give us the details. Yeah, so the city is looking to buy that property um, and a couple of parcels of land, actually, from the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago. Um, and that property actually was, you know, being leased by the Marine Corps for a training center. They had a $10 a year annual release, which is a great deal, <laughs> through 2053. Okay. Um, but the MWRD said they're working on terminating that lease early. It's not actually been used as a training center by the Marine Corps since late 2021, so it's been sitting empty. And so the city negotiated um, a sale um, of that that land and a couple other parcels along the North Shore Channel on the river uh, for about $1.5 million. And they say that uh, initially they plan to use it as a, a shelter to host new arrivals, but have kind of hopes to turn it into kind of a recreation area or mm-hmm. repurpose it down the road. I see. Um, any sense of how many people? They're saying it could house? Yeah, they're saying about 550 people, and they're leaning towards it being used for migrant families, especially pointing to, you know, the school year just starting and, you know, still seeing overwhelming numbers of folks and wanting to have families to have a, a place to stay. Um, and because it was a training facility, it's already outfitted with a, a mess hall, showers, classrooms, so it has a lot of that oh, okay. built in. Yeah. Any talk about how long this will be. We know it's temporary shelter, but how temporary are we talking about? Yeah, a few they, months? Yeah, they didn't have a, really a timeline for that. That was definitely, I think, a, a question on older person's minds um, during the hearing of wanting to know what's the, the big picture plan. Um, they didn't really have a timeline for how long it would be a shelter. They did say it would still take several weeks to get into the building. There was some HVAC work that needs to be done. Um, and so I think even, you know, if this sale goes through, it'll still be a little bit before we actually see it, you know, yeah. up and running. And Mariah, this is along the, the riverfront between Foster and Bryn Mawr Avenues in the 39th Ward. Long term, the goal is to turn this into a recreational area, as Tessa pointed out, right? Right, which kind of fits with the overall strategy the city's trying to approach the migrant crisis with, which is to, you know, purchase or identify buildings that the city owns Mm -hmm. that could then potentially be used flexibly, um, you know, as, as needed. And so if they use this as a 
as a welcoming place or a shelter for migrants for a year, two years. I, you know, there's again, no real timeline here, but then can turn it into a recreational facility that can be used by the community when not in use. Um, but then potentially, you know, turned back. So it's, yeah. it's kind of, um, this, it fits into the strategy of looking at this crisis as a long-term thing that the city will deal with. And involving the community, right? Because I think that's the, that's the whole point is a lot of folks have been saying, well, hey, you've been disinvesting in, in us, the people who live here. Right. What are you doing for us? Right. In addition. <clears throat> um, and so this got initial committee approval. What's next in the process? So this will go for a full vote to the city council next month. Um, Mid-September is the... Um, next council meeting and it'll get a full vote. I'm sure we'll hear a similar debate kind of that you just alluded to that we hear every time there's something involving the migrant crisis between aldermen who have disinvest, who represent disinvested neighborhoods yeah. and don't want to see the city spend its resources on new arrivals, um, versus the large majority of the council who, you know, are, are pretty much on board with trying to combat this um, in any way the administration proposes. Yeah. Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor had questions. Uh, She asked about the cost of operating the facility beyond the acquisition and then had this to say. I want us to learn from our mistakes. And right now we have a lot of chaos going on in our shelters because there is no plan. And so I want to know what you all are going to do different. And I know that's just not a AIS question. That's a everybody question. What are we going to do different than we're doing in other shelters? Yeah. So adding to the list of, of questions there, has the administration given any indication of how they will do things differently at this shelter? They actually, you know, pointed to how they'll do things kind of similar to what they've been doing. They stressed that there would be. Are they saying like if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing? Yeah. They said, you know, we'll still have a curfew in place. We'll still have security measures. Um, so I think a lot remains to be seen of, you know, you know, day to day, is this going to operate very differently or is it just going to be more of the same? You know, they have indicated they're trying to, um, you know, not rely on staffing companies that have been contracted. So maybe we'll see, you know, more community based organizations, part of the, the group staffing this. Um, but yeah, there remains to be seen. Yeah. And tell us more about how this new temporary shelter fits into Johnson's plans overall to, in fact, expand services for these new arrivals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Mariah mentioned, you know, the city, I think, is really working to um, look to build an infrastructure for how it's continuing to handle this crisis. I think, you know, lots of people pointed to things like climate change and maybe we'll just see climate refugees in the future or other ways that the city might need to, you know, be prepared for, uh, you know, housing people. And so I think this is kind of a first step in that direction of trying to acquire properties to have kind of long-term um, a long-term plan in place or properties they can rely on so we're not, you know, still using police stations like we're still seeing. Yeah. One of the things, Mariah, that's been at play, it's the high cost of paying for an out-of-state staffing agency for the, the city shelters. It's something that uh, Johnson has said he intends to move away from, but he he was locked into this from Lightfoot, Right. Right. Yeah. We kind of learned about this most candidly at a hearing in May where his chief of staff, Christina Passioni Zayas, testified about how much money the city is spending on this national staffing firm and staffing in general. Um, and that was when the administration was asking the city council to approve $51 million um, to, you know, just just stay afloat, basically, right. through the end of June. Right. So we're thinking about mid-May through the end of June, $51 million. And they revealed then that $47 million of that $51 million would be sent, spent on personnel staffing. And the administration kind of said that was something that, you know, the 
that the, the Lightfoot administration had entered into be, because of the emergency mode that it had to be in when this crisis started, but mm-hmm. that they really see that as unacceptable. They want to move away from spending such a large portion of migrant funding on staffing um, to, again, speak to be, maybe being able to pay for more resources for people or just put that money towards affordable housing solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... There's yeah the, the the current administration sees that as unacceptable and wants to move to a model of nonprofits mm-hmm. volunteer organizations instead staffing up these shelters. So he's he's actually put out Johnson's put out a, a request for proposals for that alternate staffing model you just mentioned. If nonprofits do apply though, Mariah, would they be paid by the city or is is this volunteering? No, that's part of the that's part of. The push for this is they want that money to stay in to Chicago go for them. Yes. Okay. So, so nonprofits would absolutely get funding to, you know, provide resources and staff. But the other problem is that volunteers have felt like they've been shut out of being able to enter into city shelters. Mm-hmm. You know, his chief of staff also testified that it's difficult for volunteers to get approval to be in these shelters. And so they wanted to get an approval process going through the inspector general's office so that, um, so that people can just have clearance to even volunteer if they want to. But no, not, I think the goal is for nonprofits, for those that money that the city's spending, for those dollars to stay in Chicago with, you know, organizations on the ground. All right, Tessa, a major issue at play here in asylum seekers being able to secure long-term housing. It's they aren't legally allowed to work just yet. Right. Mm-hmm, but right. Um, Mayor Johnson and Governor Pritzker, they teamed up. They they petitioned the Department of Homeland Security in a letter they're trying to get folks to speed up the process of giving out work authorization permits. And we talked about this at the top of the show today, but just remind folks who are just tuning in what's going on there and the urgency as far as the mayor is concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So asylum seekers aren't eligible to apply for a work permit to be legally authorized to work in the U.S. until about five months after they've applied for asylum. And then usually, you know, in a just kind of overburdened immigration system, there's still delays even to receive that work permit. Um, so in this letter, you mentioned uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker and Mayor Brandon Johnson were asking uh, the Department of Homeland Security to allow states to basically sponsor um, new arrivals to work in industries facing labor shortages mm-hmm. like healthcare or transportation. Um, and that was something that in yesterday's committee uh, hearing was really stressed by Mayor Brandon Johnson's administration, who said, you know, the city's doing its part, the state's trying to do its part, but we need some federal immigration policy changes to really make this sustainable in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that this is something that could be approved by the federal government on a state-by-state basis, saying it wouldn't need a, a sweeping kind of nationwide executive order, and they indicated the mayor is going to be meeting with the head of okay. the Department of Homeland Security. Um, but we've seen, too, other cities like New York and the state of New York, they've been calling on the federal government to step up in this area. They've also seen thousands of asylum seekers. Um, and recently, DHS, uh, Department of Homeland Security, was kind of pushing back, saying that the city and state there had, you know, structural and operational issues. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. So then I wonder, yeah. is it is their request likely to be approved? Yeah, I Illinois. Think we'll have to see if that happens. Yeah. Um, you know, they've pointed to other, you know, groups of new arrivals from different countries who have kind of gotten the, these expedited processes in the past. But we'll see if that happens because Illinois is definitely not alone in dealing with this. We touched briefly on this, Mariah, but the just the, the issue that we're facing here in the city, the, the ever evolving issue of this growing problem with the lack of affordable housing. Right. In fact, we actually just got data that's showing an estimated 68,000 homeless people in Chicago right now. It's an increase of 3,000 from last year. So the numbers just keep 
going up. What do you make of that? Well, I think it speaks to the you know, the compounding crises and the fact that affordable housing has to be a key component of Mayor Brandon Johnson's policy push yeah. um, in this budget and in the next three. And that's something he campaigned on. It's something he promises, you know, details, regardless of the migrant situation. It's right, a problem. Right. Um, you know, de- detail. It's 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 so interesting because. Chicago's, you know, we CPS schools are under enrolled. You know, there's work shortages everywhere. I mean, the city could benefit from more residents and keeping people in the city. But we also have a longstanding problem of out migration because of a lack of resources in disinvested communities, a lack of jobs and a lack of affordable housing. And so, um, you know, I, I do think that that's going to be a, a key part of the Johnson administration's priorities. Yeah. Uh, in a related story, Johnson recently comp- uh, compromised on his um, his proposed mansion tax. This was in favor of a graduated real estate tax. Briefly, what can you tell us about this and, and again, how it addresses that need for more housing? Well, this is a tax that, you know, would have to go to voters to approve. And so we might see that sometime in 2024. Um, it's something that will need to go through the city council to approve a referendum on okay. this. And this would go to homeless prevention services exclusively, um, even under, you know, the new kind of not watered down, but more, you know, uh, graduated tax that Johnson has, you know, come yeah. to a come to a um, compromise on. And in the last couple of minutes that we have, Tessa, let's shift gears briefly here. The Finance Committee met today uh, talking about water bills. Uh, there's a push to have these meetings more regularly. Why? Yeah, I think that was something we saw, just the growing need of, you know, public commenter after public commenter saying, you know, I have tens of thousands of dollars in these bills. You know, I'm, I'm faced with all this debt. And a lot of folks actually said that, you know, they couldn't even get someone on the phone until maybe they spoke to a reporter and then finally it was in the media. Some of the older persons even pointed to, you know, personal experiences of, of witnessing some of this. And so wow. um, I think it's something where they talked about, you know, it's it's been this issue the the city has been faced with for years. And this was kind of a another moment moment of trying to get some of those officials, you know, on the record to, to get some more updates and details. Well, certainly a lot on your plates. What are you going to have your eye on for the rest of the week here? Tessa, you first. Yeah, I think, um, you know, looking ahead to the upcoming budget season, uh, we can expect soon, hopefully, the uh, mayor's, you know, forecast for, for the upcoming budget. And um, this will be my first, you know, budget season covering it for City Hall. Welcome. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what it all entails. <laughs> oh, exciting it's time. so much fun. <laughs> Riveting. <laughs> Mariah, any any other meetings or rulings we should we should know about? Well, we have the city council coming up in mid-September, and so there's going to be committee hearings throughout the next couple of weeks. And, um, you know, anything that gets passed in those committee hearings will go to the full city council. Also looking out for an update from Mayor Brandon Johnson about his meeting with the Department of Homeland Security and whether he gets any indication of the possibility of, you know, kind of expediting the work authorization for migrants. So looking out for a couple of those things. That's WBEZ City Government reporters Mariah Wolfel and Tessa Weinberg. Thank you both so much. Thanks. Thank you. That episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Linnea Dominic and edited by Meha Ahmed. Stay up to date on the big moves that are happening in City Hall at WBEZ.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Let's chat again soon.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.